Welcome to the Parsha Perspective. Each week, we will delve deep in a weekly Torah portion to find a practical and insightful way to enhance your daily life. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Shalom Yamini. Each week, we will look into the weekly Torah portion to find inspiration that will complement your daily life and intensify your connection to God. This week's Parsha Perspective is being dedicated in memory of Moshe Morris ben Najia Hakoyen. May his soul be uplifted as memory be a blessing for his family and the entire Jewish nation. This week's Torah portion is Parsha Skitzetze. This week's Parsha contains 74 commandments, which is more than any other Torah portion. We begin with the laws and procedures concerning a soldier who wants to marry a female captive of war and the inherent right of a firstborn son to a double portion of his father's inheritance. Our Parsha contains many notable commandments, such as Ashava Savida, returning a lost object to its owner, or Shilu Chakan, the obligation to send away the mother bird before taking her young. The laws against shotness, which is any garment that contains a mixture of wool and linen, and the mitzvah of wearing titis. There is also the prohibition of ribis, which is taking interest when loaning money to a fellow Jew. Our Parsha ends off with the mitzvah to remember what Amalek did to us on our journey to the desert. However, a question comes to mind. One of the many other commandments in this week's Parsha is, you shall not despise an Egyptian, for you are a foreigner in their land. Hashem is commanding us not to hate the Egyptians, even though they were sadistically persecuting our ancestors. It even says in Shemites Rabbah that power would bathe in the blood of Jewish children. How can we be commanded not to feel hatred towards them just because we were in their land? Furthermore, there are two commandments regarding the nation of Amalek in the Torah. One, the last mitzvah of our parsha to always remember what they did to us in the desert. And the second, which is in Shemais, is to physically destroy them and remove any trace of them. If we were commanded not to feel hatred towards the Egyptians who persecuted us for so long, why did Hashem command us to destroy a Amalek who did far less in comparison? The Talmud in Shabbos relates a story. One day, a non-Jewish person came before Hillel the Sage and told him that he would convert to Judaism if he could be taught the entire Torah while standing on one foot. Hillel replied to the man, That which is hateful to you, do not do to another. This is the entire Torah, and the rest is commentary. The reason for this is because love for your fellow is the foundation of a moral, ethical, and spiritual society. For God has created each and every individual uniquely, and therefore, to love God, you must first love His creation. As it says in Pirkei Oves, have a done as kala adam laschafschus, that you must judge every person favorably. However, Moshe takes this concept to the next level with the commandment not to hate the Egyptians. He is telling the Jewish people that although they were slaves in the past, they are slaves no more. And if they hated the Egyptians, they would still be slaves, if not physically, then mentally. Hatred is not only detrimental to the development of a moral and ethical society, but also to the growth of oneself. If they hated the Egyptians, they would be slaves to the past and held captive by the shackles of resentment. They would be incapable of moving forward to build a better society. Moshe is teaching the Jewish nation what it means to be liberated and how to remain so in the future. To be free, you must first let go of hate. But there is a major difference between the nation of Amalek and the Egyptian people. The Egyptian oppression was necessary to turn a family of just 70 people to a great nation. But now they are history and a thing of the past. They shouldn't have any bearing 
on our future. However, Amalek's main focus was to cool down the Jewish people's burning passion for God. And that damage of that act is still affecting us today. Amalek has manifested itself in each generation, from King Agag in the time of Shaul Amalek, to Haman Russia in the Purim story, to the person, Yemach Shemai, who is responsible for killing 6 million Jews in the modern times, Hashem Yimkam Dama. That is why we must remember what they did to us on our journey from Egypt, because it will manifest itself in different forms over and over, and it is only because of our prior knowledge that we will be able to fight the storm. In our daily life, it is imperative that we understand that the Jewish nation must never have a victimhood mentality, for it's an attitude of compromise and concession, an ethos of defeat. To grow, you must first release the past, and only then can you build the future. This concept, which is prevalent in both your spiritual and physical life, is especially important in the month of El. As we prepare for the new year, we need to leave behind the worries and concerns of our past year in hopes of a better future and get ready to recrown God as our King on Rosh Hashanah. There is an amazing quote that I once heard. Many times, the mountains that you are carrying are only those you are supposed to be climbing. Have a great weekend and good Shabbos. Thank you for tuning in to The Parsha Perspective. Check out our website, theparshaperspective.com. Send thoughts and comments to theparshaperspective at gmail.com. Till next time, thanks for listening.